Today's edition of the Capital Golf Gang is being brought to you exclusively by Golfdom. All the new clubs for 2023 are available at Golfdom now. Callaway's Paradigm line, TaylorMade Stealth 2, the Ping G430, the Titleist TSR Woods, and more. Golfdom is stocking up on some great spring fashions. Come check out the latest from Peter Millar, Holderness and Born, RLX, and more. And get custom fit for a new driver or a set of irons in one of their four dedicated bays at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. Golfdom, live the game in Tyson's, Annapolis now, and soon in Rockville. Now back to the show. In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and now your host in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. And it is really looking more and more like spring all the time. We are once again back at Golfdom. For another edition of the Capital Golf Gang, I am Steve Zabin. We have John Ronis, Director of Golf at the Ronis Academy and the Director of Golf at River Creek. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes, Zabin. Did I get that yes. right? John Gould, the Executive Director <laughs> of the Middle Atlantic PGA, uh, is joining us as well. Golf clap for him. All Thank right. you, everybody. And, of course, Buddy Christensen here of Golfdom in Tyson's Corner with stores now in Annapolis and soon to be in Rockville, Maryland. Golf clap. Expansion, Thank baby. You, yeah, that's Thank right. You. Very that's good. Right. Uh, the PGA Tour has exited, for at least now, the match play business with the final event this past weekend in Austin with Sam Burns winning uh, the final over uh, Cam Young. It was supposed to be Scheffler versus Rory. <laughs> it didn't quite happen, did it? No, it, it, did it was close. Yeah, it did happen. It did That's happen. right. Just, Just not for, for the time. Right, right. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, there so you go. It happened for play. the consolation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, let's get into this. You know, it seems like all of us golf nerds have this obligation to defend the honor of match play as, oh, they need more match play. They got to do match play. Match play is great. I can't believe this event is going away. Are we overselling match play at the pro level? Yeah. We are. Yeah, no. because – no, well, <laughs> good. I love it. We're going to start with a good old fight right it's now. It's more that it, golf is entertainment. So the okay. television aspect of match play is abysmal, as well as we never know who's going to be in that final match. So, you know, if it comes down to two guys that no one really knows, no one's going to tune in. So to keep the game going, we need the television in the entertainment aspect of the PGA Tour. We have match play events. By not having any match play events and then having match play Ryder Cups and President's Cups, it even makes those more enjoyable to watch, to understand how they work. Now, are we going to be as good at Ryder Cups or President's Cups as you Americans if we eliminate match play events? I think the answer is no. Okay. But for television and entertainment purposes, I kind of agree that match play is unnecessary. But where would the Europeans be playing their match play? Probably not. Uh, I don't know. Probably They're us, yeah. we're them. They Side all live games. in Orlando. Yeah. Ghoul, go ahead. Defend the honor of match play yeah. at the pro level. I think it's it's about variety for me. Uh, we, we have 52 weeks that we can watch stroke play. I think I certainly wouldn't want a steady diet of you know a matchup that maybe not be premier. But I think we can handle it. We had good matches. We had, we, I think we had spectacular golf to watch. Yeah, the final didn't work out what we, what we wanted. But I think the final eight, like the top five seeds were in the final eight. Now, and we, can, we also can't guarantee that that's going to happen. It could have been 
you know, we've had years where all the 64s made it, you know, and into the, you know, to the start of the match play after the, you know, the pool yeah. play. Well, didn't Young and uh, Burns win in 19 holes in their semis? They yeah. went extra. I mean, it's you 20, can't ask uh, 20 for any more and 21, than that. I think. Yeah. yeah. Right, yep. It's dramatic. I thought, I think the course is really good. That particular oh. course is really good for I match play. I love that course. Yeah. Austin yeah. Country Club. Yeah, the drivable par four, a lot of reachable par fives. I mean, I, I think it, it's, a, it's a great match play course. It's a great field. Yeah, the the final wasn't perfect. That's as we said. The the consolation was kind of the the glamour match, right? Uh, but and yeah. yet, despite all this, this event <clears throat> didn't work. Why are they canceling it, buddy? Do you know why they're whacking it? I, and how sad are you that they're getting out of this business? I don't know why, and I I enjoy it. I don't agree with John in that it can be very entertaining. Uh, to watch, especially because the the golf course. I, I meant Ronas here because right. exactly. You would never disagree. With never, that. never. <laughs> but uh, no, the the I found it. You're going to pay for disagreeing wa- with me. Must okay. <laughs> must watch Wednesday, Thursday, Friday when you got everybody. Yeah, and an playing. extra day too. Well, right. okay, that's part of the problem. By the time you get to Saturday and Sunday, the amount of product has been whittled down to a much smaller slice. Right. Yeah. Again, it comes down to money, right? So yeah. when you're talking it's about a TV putting up tents and luxury suites and things like that, and you can't guarantee that any of your guys are going to be even close that whole day because instead of 60 to 70 guys playing on the final day, at least somewhere on the golf course that you can see them, again, the zoo animals, Abe, you're down to two or four. Well, four is Not many zoo animals. Now, they did change this. I don't know when they did, but it's no longer – it was no longer a strict bracket. There was a formula. To advance because the pros said, I am not flying in. For one match. And prepping. The pods. To get dusted. Right. By a, you know, five and four and be sent on my way with 10 grand in my pocket. And that, that was great. Yeah. That's, that's the pod. They went to so the pod you didn't, system. So you yeah. didn't mind that even though no. it was hard to understand who might make it through. No, it, not at all. No. And it's okay. not that hard really when it comes down to it. Yeah. But. And they get, they're guaranteed three matches and it, it's more product as you, as you, yeah. the way you but phrased it But it's midweek product. Like for yeah, a lot of us, for a lot of us, the product only matters when we're trying to take a nap on the couch on Saturday and Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Well, that's you're wrong. <laughs> well, no, that's fine. I mean, it's a competing uh, set of interests of people on the grounds that are filling up the corporate tents. And yep. my God, look, I mean, the aerial shots of the iron that had to be brought in for that event. Like all tour events right, now. Right, right. It's unbelievable. Yeah, right? my whole point, though, is that we've got 52 weeks a year for the other stuff. You know, one week right. a year is not too much for me. So why and I wouldn't want to do it three weeks out of the year. But so why week. is it going away? I'm with you I on think that. it's because the World the Golf Championship. Is the schedule? Is no, it this lack of sponsors? I don't think it's either. It's the course wanted, and I don't know about the sponsors. Well, I know the co- But I think yeah. it's the expanded, the, uh, what do they call them, elevated events. Right. And elimination of the World Golf Championships. This was a World Golf Championship. So it's out. Well, the other thing, too, as simple as it is, I think I read this months ago that Austin Country Club said, oh, I see all this new money you're now going to be giving your players. Looks like the rent for Austin Country Club is going to go up as well. Mm -hmm. And they overreached. And the tour said, yeah, we can't pay that much money. Nor should they. Nor should they. But this is what is kind of breaking some of the existing things the tour had because of the live tour is that they shoveled a lot more money into it. The, the courses, the venues that they don't own are like, well, where's our little taste of that? And now they're like, no, get out. Well, it's interesting. I had a meeting earlier this week with somebody who's involved in golf tournament administration, professional 
tour stuff. And they have a meeting with the tour to argue that one of the club, one of the uh, events that they run should be considered for the elevated status. And, and I said, that's an interesting conversation to have because I think every tour stop is going to want to have that conversation, right? He goes, yeah, but the answer the tour gives is, okay, well, you just got to pony up 10 more million and then that's it. we'll consider you for elevated. You can buy your people, way into That's where people heaven. back down. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. Well, and as a viewer, you know, I, I didn't really hear how much the winner got. They didn't seem to make a huge deal. I know 3.5 mil. 3.5 yep. million. So, but as a viewer, I don't care about it. I, I want some fun golf to watch and, right. and the, the financial part of it, that's now playing against us as viewers, I think. I will agree with John that the the one week a year thing is uh, if, yeah, perfectly acceptable, right? But I'm saying from a standpoint of the PGA Tour and the money and the sponsorship and jamming everyone into two groups for the last day, that doesn't make as much sense. So if you're talking about dropping something, I would say from that whole perspective – the answer would be yes, you drop the match play. But I do agree with you that it's nice to have that from a from a viewer standpoint watching on TV, but definitely not on not the grounds. Yeah. Or, right. or go on Thursday or Friday or Wednesday Match or play yeah. versus the Zurich Classic, which is now a two-man event. Which one is has more merit? Which one would you want to save if it, it would if it came down to the two of them and it's not down to the two of them? Two-man. I keep the match you play. You keep the two-man. Wow. I would keep the two-man wow. because the two-man – has with two people, you can have a varied amount of structures per day. You can have foursome, you can have uh, four best ball, ball four ball, best ball, um, and you can have a. But I, uh, I don't uh, feel like that format's caught fire. Of course, it's not the most attractive course. Yeah. It's not a great date. They don't get the best right. field, so there's. But that. you also get the storyline of two people joining. Why are they joining forces okay. and all that other right. stuff, buddy? So. What, what would you do? I would definitely go match play. Okay. Yeah. All right. There, you guys need to cool down your bromance <laughs> yeah. over there. Just cool it down. Hey, I'm going to throw a wild card yeah, in. Right. Look, we got one player Ronis, here. Ronis, you and I are hanging out. We got one we'll player. We'll take you guys on. And we got, two, you know, we got right. administrators and business people. <laughs> they don't, they don't know what they're doing. How about this? I'll throw a wild card in there. How would you like to bring back the old Stableford event at International? Mm. Did anyone miss that? <laughs> Big fat <laughs> from you. I, I totally Don't you guys miss the good old stable for no, an international? I, with I just said variety. And I like the thousand yard layout. I hated that event. And you know what's hilarious? Castle Pines. Castle Pines. That's cool. on my bucket list. Well, man. Yeah, I want true. To play I would. I would like to play it. But the resetting after you know the cotton. I just that, <laughs> yeah. But it, it that was a funny like ass it. event, wasn't it? It had one of the best things. Steve Lowry holding out for a double eagle. Right. In that format, even more so than yeah, the other. But on, and that was on Sunday down the stretch, I think. I right? think it, it has was ruined, as well. Though country club golf, it's like they go, okay, we're going to play Stableford in this event. I'm like, oh, because what are the points? Uh, one point for a par, uh, two, two points, points for a birdie, three for a bogey, three I'm for like, an eagle. Yeah, well, no, three for a bogey. Uh, I mean, yeah, three, three for, <laughs> three for an eagle, zero for go the wrong yeah. way. Why? why yeah, why what, even what have points? Do? Right. Yeah. What did you? Do? You did nothing. <laughs> you know, it should be twenty you points just... for an eagle for you idiots, yeah. and a birdie should be worth you know yeah. six or seven because you're yeah. not going to make those either. Right. So it's just it's hilarious to All see. Right. So question is Sam Burns a nobody? Because I got an email from a listener loves the show by the way, Blaine McAllister down there in Texas, and he said, you know, uh, tell your boy Ronas talking about these quote nobodies that sometimes win in the match play is Sam Burns a nobody? I said no, he's a young star that's not known yet well i don't think sam burns is a nobody but there are some there are some nobodies that that win tour events but isn't that the nature of the beast you gotta become somebody so i'm trying to figure out sam burns what is he now 
Because he's a, real, a very yeah, solid yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, really he's top good young 20 player. player, isn't he? That's what I thought. Yeah. But he and but, Cam Young both. Right. But uh, like, yeah. is, does he have any recognition factor no, beyond no, the hardcore nerves? He right. doesn't have the What it. will it take? It'll take him being in the final two round, final two groups of a major. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or winning. Or yeah. on the Ryder Cup. No. No. More than it, even winning. Yeah. I think you've got to be on TV in a major a couple of times on TV, last two groups in the hunt, yep. or on a Ryder Cup, and now people know you. It's even better than winning because he'll win this event, but nobody was watching. No, yeah. I didn't mean win this event. I thought. Winning a major. major. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Winning a major will yeah. certainly well, do but it. But you, you still need an it factor. You can't just go ahead and, and just play and not be exciting. you got to be a person, a personality. So yeah. tell Blaine that I believe that no one's a nobody out on the PGA <laughs> right. Tour. They're all unbelievably talented. But some people stand out but more than others, even if they don't win, like a Ricky Fowler. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and what, about, what about Cam Young? What is he? Cam I mean, Young is emerging is, superstar. He's a, very much so. He's, he's a, not a nobody. He's right. not a nobody, but he is a bit of a slug. Well, nobody knew who he was. <laughs> nobody he is knew a he dour was. individual a for sure. He's an amazing player and one of the most talented on tour. But he's a slug. He, he can't interview well. He runs hot. Uh, he, he he's not. I think exciting. I told you the story about my buddy who was a stanchion bearer up at uh, Brookline last summer, right? No. Oh, yeah, he said he was uh, in, in his group, Cam Young, and he uh, made a complete mess of the hole, and he actually lost track oh, of right. how many strokes he took, and then he had to sheepishly ask, like, how many was that? Because he's the official scorer. Yeah. Wow. And Cam Young's caddy said, yeah, it's a good thing you didn't ask in that moment because we were, uh, yeah. Running hot. No, we were running, running pretty hot here. Then he almost won the British Open, right? He was right in the stretch. He was came in second. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah here he, you he's go. He's a this great is, player. This yeah. is from Blaine. He goes, uh, love the show. I still love Ronus, but the PGA but. <laughs> has its own has to own the fact it has no names winning. Defending champ next week is JJ Spawn. Okay, he's uh, a nobody. I am. Yes. I am hell of a player. I can handle Blaine's uh, backhanded criticism there, okay. and uh, I'm glad you still love right. me. Still, and maybe Ronis. we'll meet someday. All right, let's let's get really geeky. Let's talk golf stats, shall we? I was thinking about this because once upon a time, little nerdy Steven would keep track of all of his golf stats. (laughs) And by me, once upon a time, I meant like when I was 33 years old and still tried in this game and hit balls all the time. And so I'd keep all the stats that are normal stats that are kept, you know, by that you can keep. Obviously, I can't keep strokes gained or anything exotic like (laughs) that. You can now. I suppose. Who am I gaining on, though? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Want to count Rhodes, Kyle, do it. Yeah. you know, <laughs> Wild Jim West, the guys that play with the Maryland National. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, so I started to think about this. I'm like, all right, what stats matter to me as an amateur? And here's what I have come up with. Number one is effective driving. Now, what is effective driving? Once upon a time, I used to keep fairways hit. That doesn't tell you nothing as an amateur player. You could have a good drive. 250 out there, that's a foot into some light, fluffy rough at a decent public course. No problem getting to the green from there. What are you going to do? Mark it as a fairway missed? What does that tell you? Nothing. You could pop one up that lands in the front lip of the fairway, barely 120 yards, and you can't get home with a three-wood. What good is a check saying I hit the fairway? So effective driving is simply a subjective decision that you make keeping your own stats going this drive did not impede me from a reasonable chance to hit the green. Very I like good. it. Okay? Like so you keep that percentage. Is that your most important? Well, I don't know if it's most important. Okay. It's number one on my list. Okay. Number two is greens and regulation. I do believe in this stat. 
greens and regulation, it still matters. Mm-hmm. I don't know what anyone else thinks. Well, it's, it helps your scoring. It, yeah, big are we, time. Are we going to wait to pontificate upon this, or do you want to? Do you want us to get in because no, jump it in. is the most important stat there is. There is no other for stat. pros and amateurs, or just amateurs. Absolutely, there is no other okay. stat for pros and amateurs. There's no other stat that's more important than greens and regulation. My third stat it combines everything else. Everything. Yeah. Okay, my third stat. Well, that's the thing. It combines a lot, so it doesn't necessarily tell you a lot. Tells you everything because what you do is you take that. <clears throat> I tell all my juniors that when they play, they have to text me how many greens of regulation. So they say, I hit, there's a magic number of kind of greens of regulation that will get you to the scores you're looking for. So they say, all right, I hit eight greens of regulation. And then I say, okay, drive the ball poorly or hit the ball um, from the fairway poorly. Done. Now we know what to practice next time. Okay. Were you hitting um, more? It's an either or. Totally. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it could be a little bit of both. Could be a little bit of both, but okay. Yeah. All right. Um, My third one, and this is again for us amateurs, us weekend guys, birdies per round. I have thought about this quite a bit over the years, and I've thought that me as a single-digit weekend player, I do not emphasize, focus on, or grind for birdies nearly hard enough. Great, great stat. Birdies are incredible. They're three-pointers. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's worth the lower percentage to go for those. They erase your bogeys mm-hmm. one by one. They are so valuable. And yet, I find myself, buddy, at times playing courses where I'm like, this is an easy par five. Why am I not focused from the very moment I put the ball on that tee? Birdie. Birdie? Yeah. Birdie. Yep. Think birdie, focus birdie strive for birdie like number two at maryland national it's a big old majestic super downhill straight downhill par five has a little bit of a weird drive where you got to put it in the right slot but if you do you can really bound far down there you can get home even for guys like me who aren't long if not you can get up close should be an easy chip and putt and most times i go there i'm like la 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 and a book knock it out in the fairway book knock it down the hill book Knock it on. Two putts par. I'm doing great. Easy par. Right. I'm not doing great. No. No. I have to think this is one of five good chances on this particular course to make birdie. That's the key. Is that when you really look at it, if I play a 7,000-yard course now, there's probably three holes out there that I really have a legitimate chance of birding because 7,000 is just way too long for me at my age and my (laughs) inability to hit the ball. So you have to look at a golf course and you say, "I, I don't have a choice here. I have to be aggressive on this. I can't just have an right. easy par. You shouldn't approach it of, this is an easy par. No, 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 no. I got to make birdie on this one because I know I'm making double on number 10 with two water hazards and the green that slopes from such to such. Same thing applies to. when you're on the green, that even for the weekend golfer, anything 25 feet and in, you have to grind to try to make that 25-footer or in. Here goes pace of play. Oh, boy. Now, <laughs> I am... <laughs> Grinding does not mean slow play. It, it means... does with some people. Well, okay. It, it, listen, it's focusing. That's all. Like, I'm talking about I'm 25 feet away, easy par. Isn't this great? Mm-hmm. Laggy, tappy, gimme, scrapey par. Yeah. Instead, it should be, okay, while the other guys are playing, John Gould, gotcha. I'm sitting there, and I'm really looking at it, and I'm really thinking pace. I'm not jawboning with the buddies about something that happened in the NBA last night. I'm all about that 25-footer. The make percentage on that is low, yes, but it's a chance. But it's a chance. And And, and, 25 feet might be arbitrary, but that's kind of like 
the outer distance of makeable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, most of the, the average distance from, you know, 150 to 175 is going to be 15 to 25 feet. Yeah. So that's, that's normal. And making and bombs What you said, fun. though, is overlooked. Every, from the second you either start walking towards that green or you get out of that cart, you're thinking pace. Pace, pace is the, the way you're going to make putts. Oh, okay. 18 so inches pace, pass, pace, right? pace, pace, pace. Well, you have to determine your pace before you can pick your line. Yeah. Okay. That's the one thing that people don't understand. And then the last part of trying to up your birdies per round is, let's say you hit a career hybrid or three wood on a really hard par four, and it's snuggled up there nice, six, seven, eight feet. Oh, you've got to really want that birdie. Yeah. You cannot just say, because that's gaining strokes not on the field, but it's gaining strokes on the difficulty of the course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's uh, birdies per round. I, I love that, by the way. I, I'll take that, like that? that, that right. concept so we, of 15 to 20 footer. I'm not going to try to make par. So I'm the juniors, again, part. it's a three to five mandatory birdies per round. Wow. So that means maybe just going for every par five. So notice I don't say you got to limit the double bogeys. We need three to five birdies per round. Right, which we'll get to double bogey avoidance in just a second. Yeah. Sand save percentage. I used to keep this very meticulously. I also used to keep... Uh, sand save percentage from fairway bunkers, which was completely wow. dumb because... You are a nerd. I know. <laughs> well, these were stats kept on tour in Golf Magazine, all right? That's what <laughs> nerds do, all right? And then I realized I'm in a fairway bunker twice around max, if mm-hmm. that, okay? And yeah. secondly, I might be up against the lip. I know I can't get to the green you also anyway. don't get to practice. You don't get, you to, get practice? to practice. I'm not going to practice yeah. it either because it's yeah. a low leverage shot to practice, so right. forget about it. Right. So I threw that out, and then it became sand saves. Well, there's a million things that go into sand saves. Half of which is your putting, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. Sand saves, no, green and regulation. Well, that's the so thing. So my term for sand sca- saves is sand escapes, meaning are you in a bunker near the green and is your neck shot on the green? If so, that's a sand escape check mark. Yeah. If it's not on the green, if it's still in the bunker, if it's in the grass, if it's sculled into the woods, yeah. then it's not. Yeah. So that's what I would keep there. Double bogey avoidance. Just... It's simple. <laughs> Stay away from those as much as possible, whenever. Think about where does double bogey live on this hole, and if I do X, Y, or Z, and yeah. avoid it at all costs. Three-putt avoidance, self-explanatory. Yes. Yep. The five-foot-and-in make percentage, putting-wise, is a stat that I, I'm going to start keeping. I, I know that the difference <clears throat> between four feet and five feet starts to really drop off, I believe. Yep. But, it's that's all practice, right? But five footers, like if you're gonna have a day where you go, you know, perfect from five and in, you're gonna have a great round. You're gonna have a great round because you should never have a five footer after the first putt, right? If your pace True. is correct, so your pace is gonna be correct. So those right. five footers are chips or uh, approach shots, and then penalty strokes per round, which is of course out of bounds, and water minimize those. Yeah. So those are the only stats. Am I missing any stats that you can see? Or think about. No, and what I like, too, and, and it's, it's a mental attitude, because I know with myself what I'm guilty of is I focus on the negative stats. Mainly for me, three putts and penalty strokes. That's what I'm you know, avoiding. Mm-hmm. But I really like the thought of focusing on birdies, so I'm thinking positive instead of yeah. avoiding the negative. Right? Yeah. That's, and that's by the I'm, way, if you're a 20 handicap and you say, I, I don't make any birdies. Yeah, you know, I par. just don't make any No. Take the scorecard of the course that you play most often and you write down now your personal par so that you can think that this is a 600-yard par 5. I have no chance of making 
realistically four. Most of the time I don't make five because I can't physically get there. So now this is a par six for me. And I think I can make five from there. It changes the mindset entirely of that. that. So your personal par is very important based on your physicality. Coming up. We have our Golfdom featured product and or accessory of the week. We are taping live inside the store here in Tyson's Corner in one of their four state-of-the-art hitting bays and fitting bays. Also, we'll play a match play quick nine. Ooh, very sexy. Stay with us. The Capital Golf Gang presented by Golfdom returns right after this. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who have to come up with creative excuses to their wives for those grass stains on their pants. Today's edition of the Capital Golf Gang is being brought to you exclusively by Golfdom. All the new clubs for 2023 are available at Golfdom now. Callaway's Paradigm line, TaylorMade Stealth 2, the Ping G430, the Titleist TSR Woods, and more. Golfdom is stocking up on some great spring fashions. Come check out the latest from Peter Millar, Holderness and Bourne, RLX, and more, and get custom fit for a new driver or a set of irons in one of their four dedicated bays at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. Golfdom, live the game in Tyson's, Annapolis now, and soon in Rockville. Now back to the show. (laughs) You are listening to The Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who all carry a perfect club, an alien wedge, a double-sided chipper, and a 20-foot ball retriever. We are back here at Golfdom, Capital Golf Gang. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to WJFK FM 106 for carrying the show on Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. You can also hear it on the Red Circle platform. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, just search for Capital Golf Gang. Here with John Ronis, John Gould, and Buddy Christensen. Uh, the Golfdom featured product slash accessory of the week. Double-sided chipper, ball retriever, what do we got this week? We are all sold out of all of those. Um, Dang it! But we do have a lot of good stuff in the store. We're getting, you know, all the new products in pretty much uh, in flow at this point. Um, one thing that's out there right now is uh, TaylorMade and Callaway both have uh, deals with three, three dozen, four dozen balls for the price of three. So I think, you know, early nice. season, let's stock up on our golf balls. Um, they, we've also seen a price decrease on Stealth and Rogue ST drivers um, from last year, $100 off of that they're now down to 399 um so nice price points there to get the season started so nice uh, and then all the the new apparel that we're we're now putting out on the floor that is nice is that custom augusta themed masters themed tailor-made tour bag for sale i (laughs) thought you might notice that that looks pretty good doesn't it It came in today is it for sale or oh yes for sale how much 
Five ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> Bargain. But you for know, you, I, I but for you, <laughs> you'll get a free bag of teas with that. Yeah. Well, it is sweet. It is sweet. And well, and you got to look at the dozens of golf balls that we just got, the custom ones, and we. I think we got 12 dozen, so they're, they're very limited, but very cool box and presentation. Nice. And you could probably erase the tailor made off the side. I'm a Titleist guy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Did well, I that's say true. That out loud? <laughs> I am a Titleist guy through and through. I'm a Callaway But guy. it's a sweet bag. Okay, here we go. Match play quick nine. Declare a winner and score of the following matches. So if you think it's close, you'll say something like, you know, one up or two and one. If it's a route of Stephen Ames getting waxed by Tiger Woods, then you do a nine and eight. I'm not sure if we got any nine and eights in here, but we shall see. Here we go. Uh, hole number or match number one. Match number one. Better stroke-saving shot to have in your repertoire. Flop shot versus punch shot. Match play, who wins John Ronas? So it's a one-up. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to go with punch shot one up <laughs> okay your punch one out up. game is hashtag elite like club pro guy says <laughs> i think it is i, okay. I think the reason i say it's it's very close because i think they're great skills but one of them can be accomplished with equipment in that you can get a 64 degree wedge if you wanted to that could theoretically get that ball in flop shot I mode. still have to have the nerves to pull i know off, so. i know but I don't yeah know. it's a i hate to a agree great, great hole i hate to agree with you ronis but i but I, I was thinking about that the punch shot Makes it gets the slight edge. Just I think it's used more often. Sure. It doesn't have to be out of the trees. It it could be just in with the wind or right. or you know maybe a fifty yard shot. You just want to keep it a little bit lower, and it's not a, a true punch shot, but you're, but you're a knockdown a, of knockdown sorts, of yeah. sorts. So I think it's just a little bit more useful. The flop is obviously very you know folk, you know got to get it over a bunker or something like that. And right. I, I just think and, and I also think you could probably work around it if you don't have it. I, I played with a guy, the Skull, who you both know. Uh, he, he could not possibly do a flop shot, but he would bump and run it around a bunker. You could figure out a way wow. to get around it. Okay, so you buddy. go with punch shot also. Because uh, yeah, I'm going yeah, with punch, punch shot. shot. Yeah. Yeah. Punch shot, what's yeah. the score of your match? Cool. Oh, one up, yeah. yeah. One up. Yep. All right, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go flop shot because the punch shot, hopefully you don't need to use it a lot. Um, but the flop shot you can actually use when you're playing well. It might just be that position that you're a in. A scoring shot? Yeah, and, and going for a green and two, a par five. Now all of a sudden you need that flop shot mm -hmm. to get over the bunker or barely land on the front of the green, whatever. Um, so I just feel like that shot's going to be more useful. So I'm going to go two up and right. flop shot. I say flop shot five and four. Wow. wow. It's an elite shot that if you have it, Way more valuable than a punch shot. Any hack can hit a punch shot, especially if you got the Camel Toe Rescue Club. <laughs> so I, I say the flop shot, if you have it, and it's hard to get reliably, is the one. Match number two. Match play quick nine. Better snack at the turn. Uncrustable, which Sam Burns was noshing mm -hmm. on at the match play. Or a bratwurst mm. with your favorite toppings. That, to me, is a 10 and 8. Oh, my God. Maybe even more if someone had an illegal club in their bag or something. In favor of? That. Yeah. Uncrustables. Wow. I can eat four of them. <laughs> you are so wrong. When I went down to Florida to the Grove, they have a cooler out in the middle of nowhere, and you come upon it, I believe, three times. And each time, I got myself an Uncrustable. And they're delightful. They are delightful. They are delightful. You that. Yeah. 
But you got to, you know, I mean, I'm not a 10-year-old, you know? <laughs> I'm not a Brock guy. And then plus the whole mess of that whole oh, thing. Yeah, Brock Worst is a lot of work. Yeah, no question. Wrapper and okay. done. All right. Uh, cool. You're wrong. Okay. Uh, okay. Six and five Bratwurst. Nice. Uh, it, it's wow. definitely. With what on it? Uh, mustard and onions okay. would be my preference. And messy, that's okay. I've, okay. I, I can get a, uh, a napkin and take care of it. I do want a story, but I, you know, I uh, start on the, the uh, Champions Tour when they have the event in Richmond, uh, the, the yeah. uh, Dominion Energy Classic. And I've been working with a guy who runs the first tee. He's actually retired this year, Fig Newton. I forget his first name, but he goes by Fig because his last <laughs> name is Newton. Uh, he's, the, he's the rules official in charge of the you know, tees and scoring. And he has a stash of Encrustables mm. that are not out. But there's like five or six guys like that he's got. No, there's like five or six guys that have requested. I mean, just it's like a it's like a drug deal. It's like, hey, <laughs> That's hey, right. Here's your Encrustable. Hey, hey man, you got any of them Uncrustables, man? It's crazy. All right, buddy. Watch. I'm well. Actually, my favorite at the turn meal I've ever had is the brat at Whistling Straits. So nice. I've got a sentimental like connection to that. The hot on a cold day, mm-hmm. yep. the hot brat is unstoppable but the score so the uncrossable is still is going to compete so i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go three and two for the closer yeah i'll I'll say three and two bratwurst as well now my i like my brats with ketchup only which makes me a complete heretic amongst uh wisconsinites uh but i don't care because that's how i like my bratwurst true story aaron hills uh they have a little halfway house right after the ninth hole and I go to get my bratwurst. I'm so excited. I've got the bratwurst, got the, got the soda. Uh, I got my driver. Our caddies have already dispatched well up to the fairway ahead of time, you know, because that's where they go to see where your ball lands. I get to the tee box finally after wolfing down the old uh, bratwurst, and I'm like, okay. And I go, I'll start patting myself down. I'm no like, ball. I don't have a ball on me. <laughs> what did I do with the ball? I left the ball. Oh, no. In the bag somehow, or I left it with our caddy. I'm like, here, have this, you know, after I made my putt on, on nine. And so I looked around, and I looked at my playing partners, and they're like, yeah, we don't have any balls either. And I go, okay, let's go. And I picked my tee up, and I said, we'll see you in the fairway. Did you pose? <laughs> yes. Yeah. They, the caddies were looking at me like, what did he we hit? Didn't, we didn't see that. What yeah. happened about yeah. that? That's how much in love with the bratwurst I was. I forgot about my golf ball. Hole, no, or match number three, worst state. For golf. Worst state for golf, Maine or New Mexico? Ooh. So I've played a lot of golf in Maine, actually, and it's phenomenal. Oceanside, Maine is really, is, <laughs> uh. is really good. Um, but New Mexico, I have not played New Mexico, but the topography, I'm a topography guy. I say that word a lot. It's a big yeah. word. I would think it would be stunning. So, and it's warmer. So worst golf for Maine, I, I, I mean, worst golf would be probably a three and two for victory for New Mexico. Uh, Maybe even more. Yeah, so this is hard for me as a fellow New Englander. New Englander. Especially, uh, you know, the Patriots, Celtics, Bruins, Red Sox that I got to throw in there. But, uh, but I think, you know, based on the length of season, uh, I'm going to go to New Mexico. But it's going to be close because I love Maine and New England. So I'm going to go one up, New Mexico. Okay, okay. buddy. So I've never played in either one, um, but I've got a good friend who's a member at Portland Country Club up in, in Maine, and they rave about how good it is up there. Yeah. And For all month and a half. Yeah, for yeah, a month and a half. Right. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, they stretch it out for a little longer than that, I think. July so, 4th. So <laughs> I, I'm going to give Maine a one-up just to uh, 
because I've never been to New Mexico, and I, I'm not a big desert golf guy. I've got to imagine it's kind of that, that way. I think it's a double forfeit uh, of this match <laughs> uh, because, look, I'm sure there's a nice place or two in New Mexico, but it's such a beautiful but otherwise very low-populated southwest desert state yeah. that the public access courses are few and far between, probably have to drive a long way. There's not a lot of places to play. And in Maine, the really nice ones are, I'm sure, all private, so you really can't yeah. get on. The public access courses up there, they're quaint, they're cute, they're 5,600 yards, ton of trees and moss everywhere. Right. Conditions are a little bit dicey, and the weather even in the summer can be kind of so-so. So they're not the best states for golf, but if you have a suggestion for, oh, hold my beer, here's a state that's even worse, let me know. Match number four, better overall career, Sergio Garcia or Adam Scott? Good one. Um, each with one major, a Masters. Each with a close call in the British. Each had a player's championship Adam, as each well. Each with yep. a player's as well. They track very similar. Adam Scott has been uh, overall more consistent. He's a, he's a real, seems like a real good dude. Nice guy, low-key, um, terrible putter. Stunning. Good Lord. So is Sergio. He's yeah, but I think he's worse than Sergio. Stunningly handsome. Stunning, very much so. <laughs> and a beautiful handsome. swing. And, and, and by the way, terrible beautiful dresser. Physique. The worst, blandest what, khaki what pants. What on earth? He's got pants. one of the best physiques, and they make him I wear know. brown and earth tones. They don't crazy. make him. He likes it that way. Well, then that's a flaw. He's got but it. I'm anyway. going with Adam Scott. Okay. Yeah. And it's and it's and it's it's a five and four to me. Sergio is, okay. is I've had Ghoul actually did a lot of research on this career wise. I, I did, so that's why I knew that both had a masters and both had a players cup. Um and I wasn't sure if we were gonna take in character because I think if we took in character It's got it's in the yeah, it's in the mix. Everything's in the mix. Character alone's ten and eight to Adam, right? So, uh, and, and maybe I'm going to stay there, so I've got to think about my number, but uh, and in terms of PJ Tour wins, Adam, 16 to 11 uh, wins there, and Ad, Adam's won three World Golf Championships, Sergio, zero. I didn't realize that. Wow. Zero World Golf Championships. Right. Sergio has more international wins, so I, you, know, you figure out how, many, how you want to play those, but, uh, but if, you, if you come in character and the fact that Sergio not only left for the Live Tour, which is a negative for but me, left but, but the way he fashion. left, yeah, correct, exactly. I can't wait to leave this tour, right. all because they had the, you know, the gumption to <laughs> call a penalty, I mean, here yeah, right. at, at, uh, at, uh, at PPC Potomac, yeah. yeah, so it's a big win for me on Adam Scott. I'm going to go eight and seven. Yeah, Adam Scott never spit in the cup, never threw a shoe at a sign, yeah. uh, never made rude comments, borderline racist comments racist. about Tiger Woods. Yeah. Slammed the bunker. Yes, yeah, yeah. so there's a yeah. lot of things. Yeah. Okay. Banged up his club in the bunker. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Adam Scott as well um, for a lot of those same reasons. Um, and it also feels like he's been very consistent throughout. And and Sergio's had his ups and his downs. Yeah. I, I feel like I remember more of Sergio not succeeding than actually stepping up and succeeding. Yeah. I'd say Adam Scott three and one because you know what? He's still relevant out there on the big tour. Yep. Whereas Sergio is pretty much a non factor. Mm-hmm. Okay. A whole match number five. Better five thousand dollar golf trip. Bandon Dunes or Ireland. Thinking you do both for about five grand, depending on how crafty you are and where <clears throat> you want to play. I, Which is the better trip? I unfortunately was canceled out of Bandon for a, a COVID year. Um I'm thinking Ireland because I think you could get four, five, six different golf courses mm-hmm. because you could travel around, you know, the whole country. I think you could travel around the whole country without, you know, in a, in one trip. Um, I don't think it's that big a country. Portion so, of the country. You usually do the southwest. Yeah. You do northern or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
and Bannon's Bannon. You know, Bannon, I've, I've never heard anyone say ne- anything negative about it. So I'm going to go actually fairly significant to a whole country versus a place on the ocean front. I'm going to go four and three for Ireland. That's a good discussion uh, because I I played Ireland and I'm going back this summer and looking forward to it. Um, but I've, and I've never been to Bandon. But for me, the way I would probably look at it is bang for buck and and kind of opposite what you're saying there. Because everything's in one place, I feel like I could maybe squeeze an extra round out of the five grand with the travel being significantly less than flying over to Ireland and not having to drive around. I wouldn't be so sure about that, by the way. Yeah, so I'm not sure because I haven't been there. Uh, But that's the way I've got it computed in my head. So I'd give give, uh, Bandon a a one-up victory on that just from from what I think I would get my bang out of the buck. So travel to Bandon is tough from here. It's it's, – it's it's a lot harder than getting to Ireland, actually. So, um, <laughs> for that reason, you know, and but Ireland does feel like to do it right, you got to go over there twice. You got to hit the south. I've been to the northern side of Ireland. I've been to to Bandon. Haven't done the south side. Um, so I I think it's it's Ireland one up. Um, but I think you got to go back there twice to really do it. I think it's got to be Ireland six and five. Now I've been to Ireland. Have not been to Bandon. I will go to Bandon someday. I'm sure I'll like it. I hope I don't come back as one of these banded idiots who just won't shut up about the place. But it is extremely hard to get to, extremely expensive. There's nothing there, and there's no culture or nothing else to fill your nights and days like there is in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's cold as hell. It's colder than Ireland, I hear, most of the time. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see about that. All right. Whole, uh, match number six. I keep saying whole. Match number six. More annoying playing partner. Mr. Can't put it in play, or Mr. Won't shut up. Won't shut up. Because Mr. Can't put it in play, you, he's not saying a word. He's just, he's just pissed off. He's walking down. He's breaking things. He just kind of – but the guy who keeps So Mr. Talking, won't shut up oh my, is fast. wins as the worst partner, most annoying uh, partner by what score? A, uh, whatever the highest possible score Ten is and eight. With, with penalties. Okay, with yeah. penalties. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, see, I disagree. I, I can deal with someone who talks too much because I, I can figure out a way to shut them up. But if they can't get it in play, it is just a brutal long day, especially if they're not willing to put it in their pocket. And so we're just searching, 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 and putting it in play and, and searching, topping it and doing it again. <laughs> and just, oh, my God, that is brutal. Wait, topping it's in play. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but, but still, you know, when we're we're all we've all hit our second shot, and we're still waiting for them to get to the you know 150 yard marker. I mean, that's right. just brutal. so. Who wins that match? Uh, that is the guy who can't get it in play. Uh, Three and two. Okay. By the way, topping used to be one of the stats I kept. <laughs> <laughs> Limit it to three or less tops off the tee. TPR, off the tee. tops yeah, per round. The tee. Okay, yeah. buddy. So I, I hope they both show up with 15 clubs in their bag. And they're just <laughs> eliminated right from the get-go. Yeah. Okay. You, you hate both of them. I no. say I, I agree with Ghoul that uh, Mr. Won't Shut Up uh, loses that match. The more annoying guys Mr. Can't put it in play, and it's not his fault. But it will absolutely destroy you mentally because it's such a tax on you. You're trying to be sympathetic. Now you're trying to spot his ball, so you minimize the amount of time searching. You're like, it was the fourth branch next to that (laughs) discolored tree that's dead. I think I saw it kick left. And then you feel terrible because the guy is in hell. He can't put it in play. So I think that's a four and three right there. Uh, Match number seven, least effective putting gimmick. Plum bobbing or... Aim pointing, least effective putting gimmick. Uh, they're both 
I mean, aim point's got to be better than – you know what? It's it, the latest thing. Plumb bobbing used to be just, de rigueur on you tour. You know what? Look at the ground, and it slopes, and you've done it before. Figure it out. But feel with your feet, though. Oh, forget it. I'm you feeling it with I, my feet. I'm not even going to accommodate that match. Okay. I'm not <laughs> going to watch that match. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely aim point. Uh, plumb bobbing, I, I've never figured it out. Uh, I never – Got. I mean, it's based on where you're standing at the time, not where the ball's going to travel. The aim point, at least they walk it, but I, I hate that it's so slow. So least effective is plumb bobbing. Correct. Okay. I think yeah. least effective plumb is plumb wins bobbing least wins uh, four yeah. and three. Okay, buddy. I'm going to say the same. I mean, obviously the aim point is a big thing on tour. It's annoying to watch. It's annoying to see it out there. Um, but obviously it must be working for these guys. That you know they have aim point it. express. Oh, so it's faster? So it's supposed to be faster. Yeah. I don't know. And I will tell you, if you play with me, there'll be one or two times I plumb bob. There'll be one or two times I plumb bob. You do? Yeah. But is that by habit, or do you think it actually helps you? If I'm a little bit off of where I think I should be, I'll I'll hold it and see. And and the honest answer of doing it for a billion years, I still look at it, and I'm like, wait, if it's on this side of the hole? (laughs) It's still a calculation, (laughs) right? (laughs) Buddy, what do you say? So I'm going to go five and four on – on aim point win, and only because I don't... Plumb bobbing being, being, being least effective. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Plumb bob losing. Uh, plumb bobbing is witchcraft. Aim point <laughs> is voodoo. They're both junk. <laughs> Good. It's, a, it's an all-square tie match. Here we go. Le- more groundbreaking driver for its time. More groundbreaking driver for its time. The Titleist 983 or the Callaway Great Big Bertha. Ooh. Just game-changing, take the golf world by storm. Wow, drivers. I believe. I love both I could of be mine, wrong on this way. one, but I believe the Great Big Bertha was the first titanium yes. driver. It, at least the we first. We should have had money go first yeah. on this one. Yeah. The, the specs on the Great Big Bertha were fascinating. Yep. They started at six and a half degrees aloft. That was the six and a half, yeah, well, seven they had and a half. Even, they'd have the even lofts, and then they'd do then they like the, the pro tour. Lofts. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was the, six and a half, seven and a half, and then I think they had nine, ten, eleven. So titanium during the time where they were laying off the space guys and they were getting into their hobby of golf. I would have to say the great big Bertha because of the material that they use. I'm not saying it was a better driver than the Titleist, but because of the material and the size and the shape, it was wild. Okay. It was wild. It was a hell of a club. So you say. And sparks. Yeah. Um, you know, probably, well, honestly, I think it was game breaking. I think it was like a five and four. Okay. Yeah, so I, I'm. I I remember when those were coming out, and I was uh, because I'm so much younger than you. Mm, yeah, I, way I younger. Don't don't yeah. know all the technical, I, and I certainly wasn't in that, you know, the technical aspect. But I just feel like uh, from my memories that the Great Big Bertha was this unbelievable thing, and the Titleist was great, but it didn't come out like, oh my god, this is going to change golf. So I'm going to agree the Great Big Bertha, you know, three and two. Okay, buddy. For new products coming to market from a retail standpoint, I don't know that there's any stronger product. Maybe Ping I two, but really from anything, the Great Big Bertha's the driver, right. the the game changer. For and and Titleist was a, that was a really nice driver, um, but I didn't think that was. So I'm going nine and eight Callaway Great Big Oof. Bertha. Wow, I mean, it was, we should have had him first. Guys, guys were using them on tour left and right back then, and they, they could move around a little bit easier back then. I was teaching. When I was in Massachusetts at the time, I was teaching Jose Canseco, and he showed up with a great big berth, a six-and-a-half degree with some red shaft on it, and he hit that thing so high 
I, I was like six and a half. What, the where else Jose can you go? Canseco. But I, the, was, that's yeah. hilarious. But have you ever, knucklehead. have you ever measured one and seen what it actually no. was? Look, I, we, I we couldn't measure it. Those things were, so they, what they were doing was saying, okay, you're a nine, nine degree stiff. They gave you a 10 degree regular driver. You hit that thing better than ever before. <laughs> yeah. But you're really hitting a 10 degree regular. Got it. And, wow. and so I, I, think I don't want to know these success. dirty yeah. secrets of the yeah. club <laughs> industry. I, I can't hear this. I think it's two and one. Great big berth. It's a close fight. I really think the Titleist 983 was important because it changed the tone of most drivers from a plink or a metal sound to more of a cracked egg sort of a mm-hmm. sound effect, and it felt great. And because Titleist made it, I think it ushered in other makers of clubs designed for the better players to make similar oversized high-tech drivers. Yep. We're not, you know, this was coming off of the bubble burner by TaylorMade, uh, the great big whale by Wilson that uh, I believe John Daly made. Yep. Kill, killer whale. Yep. Killer whale, yeah, whatever that was. Yeah. So I, I have a soft spot for that driver in my heart. And then finally, match number nine, best global ambassador for the game, Gary Player versus Arnold Palmer. Ten and eight, Palmer. Enough said. No question. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, pretty hard for me to go away from Arnold. And, you know, Gary's obviously a good player and more, probably more international, uh, but certainly some flaws in there. Yeah. I can't know. believe all the Mayas have flown at, at, yeah. doing clinics, Ronis, and you did not appreciate that. Well, I'm yeah, not going to run to the flaws. Gary Player Hospital, and I'm not going to run to the Gary Player this. I mean, Arnold Palmer... <laughs> Affected so many people, yeah. and I just said did, ambassador to the game. I didn't say outside the golf course. Okay, and then those things bring you know, was people to the name of golf. Arnold, there's no comparison. Man. Arnold might be the, the okay. greatest ambassador of any sport ever. Oh, fair enough. All right, and not it, ten yeah. and eight. It is, and it seems to yeah. me like the longer Gary's around, the more he's stumbling. Yeah, on yeah that's and, correct. What and, I was going to get to because mm-hmm. now Gary Player is saying Going things backwards. like Augusta is the fourth major. Right. Yeah. Well, so it's time to go to the home. And you've yeah, got and you've got his wackadoo brother, yeah, holding up the water. His yeah, son, his son, not sons, his brother. Yeah. His wackadoo yeah, son who got panthers. And they're suing each other. It's just yeah, it's you know, crazy. Ed breaks. Yeah. He remember his wearing, rant about trees. You know, yeah. he's 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 ranting against Liv and then for Liv, and he's wearing the Saudi logo yeah, right. still. I mean, he's all over the place. Just, I, he likes. I think he he's doing a lot for the dollar. I know, and not you know for the game. I hate it because I I I really love Gary Player a lot, but I think he's changing as he gets into his final few holes of life. Okay, boy, that was a that was a rigorous match play right there. We survived. That's why we have to only do match play once a year. It does exhaust us. It does. All right, when we come back, our final segment is going to be two minute story time. Two minute story time from the links. Uh, recent anecdotes, moments you've had out there playing this beautiful game of ours. I have one from Arizona. If you guys haven't played this year, like Mr. Ronas, who's been recovering from some issues, he can pull one out from however far back as you want. But two minute story time, and we'll put a wrap on it. Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golfdom, live from the center hitting bay right here at the Tyson's Corner Mega Store. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who once dreamed of becoming caddies on the PGA Tour until they found out you have to take the blame for everything. Today's edition of the Capital Golf Gang is being brought to you exclusively by Golfdom. All the new clubs for 2023 are available at Golfdom now. Callaway's Paradigm line, TaylorMade Stealth 2, the Ping G430, the Titleist TSR Woods, and more. 
Golfdom is stocking up on some great spring fashions. Come check out the latest from Peter Millar, Holderness and Bourne, RLX, and more. And get custom fit for a new driver or a set of irons in one of their four dedicated bays at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. Golfdom, live the game in Tyson's, Annapolis now, and soon in Rockville. Now back to the show. You are listening to The Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who only care about one trajectory on their irons, Airborne. Final segment here today, and I wanted to get this in because I feel like we should talk more about playing this wonderful game, the funny stuff, uh, the heartwarming stuff, the frustrating stuff, just tales from the links. So I'm going to keep this final segment open every week for a little snippet. So I'm going to start out. I got a quick two-minute one. We'll try to keep these into two minutes or less. True North Golf Course, Scottsdale, Arizona. It was a very affordable $234 for me. Could have nice. been more rack rate. I got a discount because <laughs> my guy, Kevin Workus, had me uh, as part of his uh, plus one on his membership card. Anyway, we're playing as a twosome right before twilight begins, about 1.50 p.m., right before twilight daylight saving time begins. And we come to the first tee, and the starter says, well, you've been playing as a twosome. I'm like, oh, boy. There's two very uh, dynamic gals working the outside option. Like, why don't you guys play? Come on, let's go. And they go, this place would fall apart without us. We'd love to, but we can't. Okay, fine. So we get to the first tee. We hit our shots. And then another twosome rolls up behind us. It's a husband and wife. And I'm like, I'm always the mindset of, give me four. I don't care who it is. I don't want to be as a two jammed up. It just is so frustrating. And I say, oh, you guys playing? And they're like, yeah, we're behind you. I go, why don't you play with us? We're just a twosome. And their first reaction was, oh, I don't know. The, the, the wife was very much deferential. She's like, I'm just a beginner. You don't want to play with me all pleasant. And I quickly spied her golf bag, had a member tag from their home course in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm sorry, but you do have a membership tag on your bag. You're not a beginner, ma'am. Stalker. I said, we don't care where you put it, whatever. Let's go play golf. And so they reluctantly said, Okay, let's play. Well, it turned out it was a wonderful round. They were incredibly fun golf partners to have, and we learned a lot about them, about their club. Their club, whose name I forget, has like literally the shortest railroad in the Northeast. It's a railroad that only goes up a hill from one hole to the next tee box. Wow. As like this, and they, they have. The one tee box, I think, or one hole or half of one hole is in New York State. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I said, how's the taxes work on that? <laughs> and the guy says, yeah, you'd be surprised. It's quite a bit of paperwork on that, to be sure. But anyway, we, uh, we watched uh, this gentleman's wife joyously make not one, but two pars in the round in which she claimed with increasing glee, I never make pars. And it was just so fun to be around. It reaffirmed the fact of be welcoming in your group to whomever you might get paired up with because you just never know how good it's going to be. Nine out of ten times, it'll be great. You get one that's a disaster pairing, now you got a good story. Yeah. That's the worst that can happen. you got a good story. Yeah. So there's my tale. Ronus? Mine is similar. I, uh, before I went through all this nonsense, um, I went down to the PGA show, and I flew down there at like 10 in the morning. Um, and, and I was, was going to go down and play the, the Grove the next day with some former uh, members the of mine. The Grove being Michael Jordan's right, private down club. down Hope yeah. Sound. So I flew yeah. into Orlando, and I, you know, I've been struggling with the yips, driver yips for 
you know, 20 years. <laughs> and part of what I'm trying to do here is get back into competitive golf. And part of that is to play with other people and random people. So I asked someone, where would you play in Orlando? So they gave me this public course. I can't remember the name of it. It ended up being really nice. And I was there as a single and I got paired up with three other guys. Three other guys, probably the average age of about 75. They were from Canada. Oh, um, hey. Right. Very polite, I'm sure. They used a term now that I can't can't remember, but when a ball was going to the hole, they would say something that had to do with weight. And... It was mind-boggling because one of the guys was quite overweight that we were playing with, but it had something to do with weight. They said nice weight. Nice weight. Yeah, because that's a curling term, I believe. Yeah. Oh. The weight of your toss or slide. And I didn't get it. And it was like four holes. Finally, I go, guys, what's this nice weight nonsense that we're talking about? So then I kept saying it the whole rest of the time. We played until the dusk came down. They told us they were staying there and how they go back and forth from Canada. And I hit the ball pretty well. I played from their tees, which is basically some senior tees or whatever. It was such an enjoyable back to my kind of youth of stepping up on a tee as a 12-year-old with all the confidence in the world because I was playing with adults. And look what I can do as a 12-year-old as now an adult. Now, I can't do it like I could, but it was so enjoyable to meet some new people in such a, a way that golf is meant to be played and done um, it was it was nice. just awesome. It Love was awesome. It. All right, cool. Yeah, it's kind of exactly where I'm going. Not not quite the playing with strangers, but I, I played two rounds this year before I broke my elbow. One was in Florida with my fellow executive directors. So there's 41 sections, 41 ads, and probably 30 of us got together to play in Orlando before the before the show, and then played in Richmond before we went to rule school with my staff. So there was seven of us playing uh, in. You know, just the camaraderie and this, just the fun and being able to rip on each other and telling stories. When you get back to the clubhouse, you can't believe what Ronas did today. I mean, it's unbelievable yeah. what he did yeah. here, positive or negative. Yeah. You know, and then I think back to, you know, my mom's still alive at at, uh, at 81 and plays, you know, three or four days a week. Um, being able to play with my mom and hopefully, you know, my kids are, are growing uh, 17 and 20, but, you know, being able to play that with them. You can't do that with any other sport, right. you know. So I'm playing with my peers and executive directors, my staff, my coworkers, my parents. There's no other sport where you can you can have that wide variety of people to play with. It's right. It's yeah. What makes it wonderful? It's beautiful. Along those same lines, I've got one round in this year. It was down at the PGA show. Um, Man, we all played in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. we did. We somehow and didn't have dinner together. That's right. But we'll play golf together. Well, you guys don't like each other, so right. I don't, that doesn't surprise right. me. Yeah. But as I'm thinking about this, you know, my next round of golf will be in a couple of weeks on a on a trip with three of my close close friends uh, for a weekend, three days of just golf, sun up, sun down, and it's just to have that to look forward to. I've got two trips a year, 20 years with college fraternity brothers and and these three guys, uh, spring and fall. And we build our whole year. We stay yeah. in touch with each other throughout yeah. the year all around golf. And that, that weekend is so fun and cool and all that stuff. But it's also what comes outside of that. It's a bond. So, you know. It's a yep. great bond. I love it. You know, your motto here is golfdom, live the game. Yeah, it's true. That's, right. That's See, these are the stories about right. living the and game. And it has nothing sure. to do with finishing first. Right. No, Neither, no, none of us mentioned how well we shot. Oh, no, I, nor, beat, I beat those guys. Okay. Yeah. Nor, <laughs> nor aim point. Right. Nor keeping Didn't track of your pipe. effective driving percentage, nerd. Who <laughs> <laughs> does that? Oh, wait, that's me, actually, that does that. Bunker yeah. escapes. <laughs> Bunker escapes. Uh, clubs not broken. Right. <laughs>
<laughs> 14. Good. Uh, I'm Good doing day. great. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with you breaking some. Bring them yeah, in. That's yeah, right. Right. Uh, bring them in to reshaft. Right. By the way, great repair department here. Yes. yes. Very quick, and these guys are the best. All right, fellas. Good week, as always. Next week, we are going to be masters, masters, masters. All right. We're going to tape on a Wednesday. It'll air on Saturday on radio, so it will not have up-to-date scores. But it'll be kind of like the Masters pre-show that you'll get while the tournament's going on. and See then we'll how have, wrong we were. Then we'll have a full recap. Full recap the following week. I'm going to be down there on Friday. Nice. So that should be fun. And let's pray for good weather on that. All right. Thanks for listening. And uh, get out there and play some golf. Collect your own stories. Live the game. Golf them. We are here live every Wednesday doing the show in the Hitting Bay. If you're in the store one of those days, come on by and just wave behind us. And thank you for listening. We will see you next time. This has been the Capital Golf Game.